jazzguitarlessons.net improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher podcast number four adding chromaticism to your lines uh, for this podcast we'll only have one topic as an experiment as the previous ones uh, they had two topics each so we'll see how it goes for this one uh, so about chromatics uh, it's a question I get often asked by students on, or through the website Uh, how do I get my jazz lines to sound like it's jazz, you know, that jazz thing? Um, uh, or people feel they're playing too much inside, like inside of the scales. People ask me, how can I play outside of the scales and still know what I'm doing, right? Um, so we'll address that today. My first answer to this question would be, if you want to add outside notes, you really have to know what notes are good, what notes are inside, right? Uh, often you'll simply go more chromatic uh, to come back inside. If you're playing on a certain uh, chord or a certain progression, you may stretch it out and say, okay, this is A major, and then I'm going to do a bit of B flat major and a bit of C major, and then come back to A major. So by studying whatever the tune of the progression you want to improvise on, uh, you are unlocking the other potential. Uh, there's an, a tremendous potential in the inside notes because if it's a diatonic scale, it has seven notes. Let's say we're in the key, uh, uh, we'll do B flat blues. Say. So that's B flat seven. If you know exactly what's, what notes are inside this chord, you only have five notes left to, to ornament. It means that out of the 12 chromatic notes, you're playing seven of them. So you're playing more than half of them. So half of them are good, half of them are, are well, outside. So you could basically be playing randomly and your chances of hit, hitting an uh, inside note are over 50-50. It's seven out of 12, uh, like this. So what I, I'll do now, so you have a better idea of what I'm doing, I'll flick the metronome at 80 on two and four, which is a tempo of 160, and I'll try to play clear lines that are inside and right after play lines that are outside and go back and forth. More often than not, the types of lines I like to do is be inside, go outside and come back. Ready? One, two, one, two, three, four.
So that might give you some ideas. Um, try to be very clear as to what is outside and what is inside. And to know that, you have to know the seven good notes of the diatonic scales. Next up, uh, we could discuss the chromatic scale. If you know well what the chromatic scale is, you can use it to glue your lines together, so to speak. Um, the chromatic scale is basically all the notes, all the 12 notes in existence in our system. So if you took the guitar and you played your little string, then you played, that's open string, and you played fret one, fret two, etc. You could do that with just one finger. That's your chromatic scale. Uh, on the guitar, you could be playing just on, on a single string like this, which is pretty obvious, up or down. But what I like to do, and I created a, a page on the jazzguitarlessons.net website, it's called Chromatic Scale. You can learn to play that in a sort of a, uh, awkward position, it's called four per string. So let's start on a C note on the sixth string, eighth fret. And then use my fingers one, two, three, four, and then move to the next string one fret down, etc. Gotta be careful with the third and second string, there's a change of tuning. And back down. Once again. that's four notes on each string. If you really want to go diagonal and have some phrasing options, I recommend learning the six notes per string, which is also found on the, on the page on the website. What you do is you start on the third fret of the sixth string on a G note, and your index there will play two notes by sliding. Then your other three fingers will play one note each, and the pinky plays two. So your two outside fingers play two notes. That's all on, on the same string, one, two, three, four, five, six. Repeat the process on each individual string until you reach G three octaves later. So if you've never really done that, that type of stuff, you don't necessarily have a lot of chromaticism available to you. So learn the chromatic scales first. For example, um, we can play beautiful, strictly chromatic stuff. This is all, this is not in a key, right? This is all uh, from the chromatic scale. But as I was doing previously on blues, what you can try to do is start your line in a key and then play just chromaticism stuff and with good rhythms and good, you know, in eight notes and quarter notes and then try to resolve back. Uh, as an example, we'll use A major. A major. Outside. Inside. Etc. This is fairly vague as you can, you will have to try to apply this stuff on your own.
As a third approach, um, it's nice to know a few ways to, to be able to ornament chord tones. So that's my third suggestion. You know, it's like playing around arpeggios, really. For example, if I'm on a C major, major 7, that's just the arpeggio, 1, 3, 5, 7, 1, 3, 5, 7, 1. So you could practice exercises like um, be able to approach it from below. It's all the same arpeggio. And then you could approach it from above, from the next scale tone above, not necessarily chromatically, but... And then you can mix and match that. You can start lower. So basically what you're targeting is the arpeggio. You build some exercises around it and you um, you try to only think of the arpeggio and your fingers will do the magic for you. You know, go above, go below, do a little chromatic line like. Another example of this is you're ornamenting arpeggios now, but you could also say, all right, the ornament is only the same thing, a half step down, C major. But you try to reflect this within a melodic line. So this is called side slipping. You could do half step down, half step up. For instance, I'm in C major. In, in B. Or you could repeat the same line. Or you could uh, kind of bury your side slipping inside of the line. Of course, this is also very vague. You, you have to, to try this process on your own and see what works. As a fourth component of this chromatic thing, I think it, it's very good to practice bebop scales. In general, it's good, but it's a meaningful way to play more chromatically. Uh, bebop scales, as you may have read or watched videos on, on the website, <clears throat> it's all about taking a scale that has seven notes and transforming it into a scale that has eight notes, so it's more aligned. Uh, rhythmically with a bar 4-4. Four, four. For instance, on C major chord, it's called C major bebop. Uh, if you really want to be serious about adding bebop scales to your playing and chromatically, a very nice approach I've done, I, I think I recorded a video about this, it's called bebop modes. So that you take each starting note of C major, which is a mode on its own, and you add a passing tone to each. So in total, you will have five passing tones. And C major has seven notes, so you're left with the whole chromatic scale to decide from. So basically, this will teach you to play any of the 12 notes at any time when you're on a, just playing on a C major. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you start, especially if you start, uh, okay, on D. So C, now starting on D. Starting on E. Starting on F. 
let's see. You should be able to play them, of course, up and down and down and up and, and whatever on two octaves, on three octaves with different fingerings. Uh, my personal favorite way to approach this bebop scale with mode uh, thing, you can start with a pickup, right? So if you take any of those seven modes that you build for yourself and you start with a pickup on the end of three, I think I did that in the video too, uh, instead of doing C major like this, you will start it like this, one, two, three. If you're able to play every mode like this, it means that you can play anything at any time and you can still figure a way to find the chord tones back. So it comes back to my first suggestion. Where are the good notes is where it's happening and then you ornament around it. One last suggestion. It's a bit, maybe a bit more advanced, uh, but it will be my fifth and last suggestion for this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the great saxophone player George Garzon. He's a guy he teaches in, uh, uh, in Boston. He's great. I mean, he's one of the uh, best guys around. And he's been developing that thing for about 20 or 30 years. And he pull, pulled out the DVD. It's called The Music of George Garzon and the Triadic Chromatic Approach. Uh, what I want to discuss here is the chromatic approach George teaches. Um, the DVD is about much more than what I'm about to talk, so no spoiler alert, uh, don't worry about that. Um, his whole approach takes triads, major triads, minor triads, augmented and diminished triads, and takes it through a process that makes you play somehow like randomly or freely. But what he does to glue the lines together, exactly the the same way I think of the chromatic scale as being a glue. He takes a short interval and says, play any note chromatically, all in half steps or whatever, inside that thing, but don't repeat yourself. So it's, it's super fun on the guitar because you can see that on one string. Let's say we, um, we take the C note on the fifth string. That's the third fret. Uh, all you have to do is think of one, two, three, four, five frets. And within that interval of a major third, you can play anything, but you try to avoid repeating yourself. Let's say you do this, don't do, or don't do a, this is too repetitive. You have to make this thing as, as random as possible and you play very, very slow. This is a nice little way to add chromaticism to your, to your lines in general. So what I would do, I would take the metronome and say, uh, we'll say 50 here. So at 50, you play it with each click. I'll do it on this interval of uh, C, E. Ready? Three and four and. That's the, that's the gist of it. If you really want to work at it, you, you do it very slowly for a long amount of time and you'll start to pre-hear the lines that you want to do and you'll start to see that come up in your playing. And once you're very comfortable, you always keep the interval of a major third like this, 
but you can shift it. Say I play for a little while on this. And then when I decide to shift it, I play on. And then I go. So you don't stop, but in your own mind, you, t you choose another major third from which to work with. This is a lot of fun. So to conclude this podcast number four, uh, I know it's a lot of information, but hopefully uh, it can help uh, inspire you to, to get working on this stuff. There's no magic formula. There's no way you say, oh yeah, I want to add chromaticism. Okay, there's this one exercise, uh, this exercise, and then I do this, and then I'm set, I play chromatically. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. You have to work out the exercises and the chromatic things that appeal to you. If you like the George Garzon thing, cool. If you're a guy that likes side slipping, cool. If you like bebop scales, or if you want to work strictly on the chromatic scale and see what you can come up with, fine. And then what you do, you work at it really hard, then you let it go completely, and this stuff will sort of show up in your playing when you improvise, if you really let go when you're in an improvisation. I think it's the best way to go about it. Of course, it won't happen overnight, but what you can do by practicing chromatic exercises every day is you gently steer, stir your playing in the direction that you want to, to be playing by, the, by practicing the suggestions, by hearing recordings of guys that play chromatically, by, by imitating some lines. So I hope all of this helps. I'll see you in the next podcast or on the website jazzguitarlessons.net, improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher.